Part 1 of Aristophanes' Lysistrata. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dramatis Personae Role of Lysistrata, Chorus of Women, Spartans, and Athenians, recorded for the public domain by Courtney Niels. Role of Kalanike, Chorus of Women, Athenians, and Spartans, recorded for the public domain by Natalie Chavez. Role of Marine, recorded for the public domain by Tu Hien Phan. Role of Lampito, and member of Chorus of Women, recorded for the public domain by Nick Morata. Role of Chorus, Lampito, Chorus of Women, Kinesias, Athenians, Chorus of Old Men, and Spartans, recorded for the public domain by Neil Loomis. Lysistrata stands alone with the Propylia at her back. If they were trysting for a bacchanal, a feast of Pan, or Coleus, or Gen Genitalis, the tambourines would block the ratty streets. But now there's not a woman to be seen, except, ah yes, this neighbor of mine yonder. Enter Kalanike. Good day, Kalanike. Good day, Lysistrata. But what has vexed you so? Tell me, child. What are these black looks for? It doesn't suit you to knit your eyebrows up so glumly like that. Kalanike, it's more than I can bear. I'm hot all over with blushes for our sex. Men say we're slippery rogues. And aren't they right? Yet some have done the most tremendous business for deliberation. Still they snuggle in bed. My dear, they'll come. It's hard for women, you know, to get away. There's so much to do. Husbands to be patted and put in good tempers. Servants to be poked out. Children washed or soothed with lilies or fed with mouthfuls of pat. But I tell you, here's a far more weighty subject. What is it all about, my dear Lysistrata, that you've called the women hither in a troop? What kind of object is it? A tremendous thing. And long? Indeed, it may be very lengthy. Then why aren't they here? No man's connected with it. If that was the case, they'd soon come fluttering along. No, no. It concerns an object I've felt over and turned this way and that for sleepless nights. It must be fine to stand such a long tension. So fine it comes to this. Greece saved by woman. By woman? Wretched thing, I'm sorry for it. Our country's fate is henceforth in our hands, to destroy the Peloponnesians root and branch. What could be nobler? Wipe out the boy oceans. No, utterly. Have mercy on the eels. But with regard to Athens, note I'm careful not to say any of these nasty things. Still, thought is free. But if the women join us from Peloponnesus and Boeotia, then hand in hand we'll rescue Greece. How could we do such a big wise deed, we women who dwell quietly adorning ourselves in a black room with gowns of lucid gold and gaudy toilets of stately silk and dainty little slippers? These are the very armaments of the rescue, these crocus gowns, this outlay of the best myrrh, slippers, cosmetics dusting beauty, and robes with rippling creases of light. Yes, but how? No man will lift a lance against another. I'll run to have my tunics dyed from the crocus. Or take a shield. I'll get a stately gown. Or unscoured a sword. Let me buy a pair of slippers. Now tell me, are the women right to lag? They should have turned birds. They should have grown wings and flown. My friend, you'll see that they are true Athenians, always too late. 
Why, there's not a woman from the shoreward deems arrived, not one from Salamis. I know for certain they awoke at dawn, and got their husbands up, if not their boat sails. And I'd have staked my life the Acarnian dames would be here first, yet they haven't come either. Well, anyhow, there's the Agenese wife. We can expect she consulted Hecate. But look, here are some at last, and more behind them. See, where are they from? From Gira they come. Yes, they generally manage to come first. Enter Marine. Are we late, Lysistrata? What is that? Nothing to say? I've not much to say to you, Marine, darling, and so vast an affair. I couldn't find my girdle in the dark. What if the affair is so wonderful? Tell us, what is it? Now let us stay a little longer to tell the Peloponnesian girls and the girls of Boycotia are here to listen. That's the best advice. Ah, there comes Lampito. Enter Lampito. Welcome, Lampito, dear Spartan girl with a delightful face, washed with the rosy spring. How fresh you look in the easy stride of your sleek slenderness. Why, you could strangle a bull. I think I could. It's for exercise and kicking high behind. What lovely breasts to own. Ooh, your fingers. Assess them, ye tickler. With such tender tracks I feel as if I were an altar victim. Who is this youngster? A Boeotian lady. There never was much undergrowth in Boeotia. Such a smooth place, and this girl takes after it. Yes, I never saw skin so primly kept. This girl? A sonsy open-looking Jinka. She's a Corinthian. Yes, isn't she very open, in some ways particularly. But who's got this council of women to meet here? I have. Propound, then, what you want to us. What is the amazing news you have to tell? I'll tell you, but first answer one small question. As you like. Are you not sad your children's fathers go endlessly off soldiering afar in this plotting war? I am willing to wager there's not one here whose husband is at home. Mine's been in Thrace keeping an eye on Eucrates for five months past. And mine left me for Pylos seven months ago at least. And as for mine, no sooner has he slipped up fray the line, he straps his shield and he's nicked off again. And not the slightest glimmer of a lover. Since the Malaysians betrayed us, I've not seen the image of a single upright man to be a marble consolation to us. Now will you help me if I find a means to stamp the war out? By the two goddesses, yes. I will, though I pine this very dress and drink the barter money the same day. And I too, though, am split up like a turban and half is hacked off at the price of peace. And I too. Why, to get a peep at the shy thing, I clamber up to the tip-top of Targetus. Then I'll expose my mighty mystery. Oh, women, if we could compel the men to bow to peace, we must refrain. From what, oh, tell us? Will you truly do it, then? We will, we will, if we must die for it. We must refrain from every depth of love. Why do you turn your backs? Where are you going? Why do you bite your lips and shake your heads? Why are your faces blanched? Why do you weep? Will you or won't you? Or what do you mean? No, I won't do it. Let the war proceed. No, I won't do it. Let the war proceed. You too, dear Turbot. You that said just now you don't mind being split right up in the least. Anything else? Oh, bid me walk in fire, but do not 
rob us of the darling joy. What else is like it, dearest sister Duff? And you? Oh, please, give me the fire instead. Glued to the least drop in the tiniest vein, our sex is fitly food for tragic poets. Our whole life's but a pile of kisses and babies. But, hearty Spartan, if you will join me, all may be righted yet. Oh, help me, help me. It's a sad, sad thing to ask of us by the toit. Alas, to sleep her lane and never feel love's lack except with makeshifts. But let it be, peace, ma, and be thought of first. My friend, my friend, the only one amid this herd of weaklings. But if, which heaven forbid, we should refrain as you would have us, how is peace induced? By the two goddesses. Now can't you see all we have to do is idly sit indoors with smooth roses powdered in our cheeks, our bodies burning naked through the folds of shining amorgal silk, and meet the men with our dear Venus plaits plucked trim and neat? Their stirring love will rise up furiously. They'll beg our arms to open. That's our time. We'll disregard their knocking, beat them off, and they will soon be rabid for a piece. I'm sure of it. Just as Menelaus, they say, seeing the bosom of his naked Helen fling down the sword. But we'll be tearful fools if our husbands take us at our word and leave us. There's only left then, in Ferocrates' phase, to flay a skin dog, flay more our flayed desires. Bah, proverbs will never warm us celibate. But what avail we your scheme be if the men drag us for all our kicking onto the couch? Cling to the doorposts. But if they should force us? Yield then, but with a sluggish, cold indifference. There is no joy to them in sullen mating. Besides, we have other ways to madden them. They cannot stand up long, and they have no delight unless we fit their aim with merry sucker. Well, if you must have it so, we'll all agree. For us, I have no doubt. We can persuade our men to strike a fair and decent peace. But how will you pitch out the battle frenzy, O the Athenian populace? I promise you, we'll wither up that curse. I don't believe it. Not while they own in Trirum, oared and rigged, or those stocks and stocks and stocks of Scylla. I've thought the whole thing out, there's no flaw. We shall surprise the Acropolis today. That is the duty set out the older dames. While we sit here talking, they are to go and under pretense of sacrificing, seize it. Carity, that's fine. All's working for the best. Now quickly, Lampito, let us tie ourselves to this high purpose as tightly as the hemp of words cannot together. Set out the terms in detail, and we'll swear to them. Of course. Well then, where is our Siphonus? Why are you staring? First lay the shield, boss downward, on the floor, and bring the victims inwards. But Lysistrata, what is this oath that we are to swear to? What oath? In their skills, they take a slaughtered sheep and swear upon a buckler. Why not we? Oh, the sister, the peace sworn on a buckler. What oath would suit us, then? Something burden-bearing would be our best insignia. A white horse. Let's swear upon its entrails. A horse, indeed. Then what will symbolize us? This, as I tell you. First set a great dark bowl upon the ground, and disembowel a skin of Thasian wine. Then swear that we'll not add a drop of water. Ah, what eighth could clink pleasanter than that? Bring me a bowl, then, and a skin of wine. My dear, see what a splendid bowl it is. I'd not say no if asked to sip it off. 
put down the bowl. Lay hands all on the victim. Sky queen who giveth the last word in arguments. And thee, O bowl, dear comrade, we beseech. Accept our ablation and be proprietous to us. What healthy blood, la, how it gushes out. And what a leasome fragrance through the air. Now, dears, if you will let me, I'll speak first. Only if you draw the lot by Aphrodite. So, grasp the brim, you, Lampito, and all. You, Kalanike, repeat for the rest each word I say. Then you must take the oath and pledge your arms to the same stern conditions. To husband or lover, I'll not open arms. To husband or lover, I'll not open arms. Though love and denial may enlarge his charms. Though love and denial may enlarge his charms. Oh, oh, my knees are failing me, Lysistrida. But still at home, ignoring him, I'll stay. But still at home, ignoring him, I'll stay. Beautiful, clad in saffron silks all day. Beautiful, clad in saffron silks all day. If then he seizes me by dint of force, if then he seizes me by dint of force, I'll give him reason for a long remorse. I'll give him reason for a long remorse. I'll never lie and stare up at the ceiling. I'll never lie and stare up at the ceiling. Nor like a lion on all fours go kneeling. Nor like a lion on all fours go kneeling. If I keep faith, then bounteous cups be mine. If I keep faith, then bounteous cups be mine. If not, to nauseous water change this wine. If not, to nauseous water change this wine. Do you all swear to this? We do, we do. Then I shall immolate the drink, the victim thus. She drinks. Here now, share fair. Haven't we made a pact? Let's all quaff down that friendship in our turn. Hark, what cartawelling hubbub is that? As I told you, the women have appropriated the citadel. So, Lampito, dash off to your own land and raise the rebels there. These will serve as hostages while we ourselves take our places in the ranks and drive the bolts right home. But won't the men march against us? And what if they do? No threat shall creak our hinges wide, no torch shall light a fear in us. We will come out to peace alone. That's it, by Aphrodite, as of old let us seem hard and obdurate. Lampito and some go off. The others go up into the Acropolis. Chorus of old men enter to attack the captured Acropolis. Make room, Drages, move ahead. Why your shoulders chafed, I see. With lugging up these locked branches of the olive tree. How upside down and wrong way round the long life sees things grow. Ah, Strimidorus, who'd have thought affairs could tangle so? The women whom home we fed, like witless fools with fostering bread, have impiously come to this. They've stolen the Acropolis, with bolts and bars our orders flout and shut us out. Come, Philurgus, bustle thither, lay our faggots on the ground, in needy stacks, laboring the insurgents all around. And the vile conspiratresses, plotters of such mischief dire, pile and burn them all together in one vast and righteous pyre. Fling down our hands, like comes white to fry in the thickest fire. By Demeter, they'll get no brag, while I go vain to beat. Cleomenes himself was hurled out in sore defeat. His stiff-backed Spartan pride was bent. Out, stripped of all his arms, he went. 
a pygmy cloak that would not stretch to hide his rump, the dragon wretch, still sprouting years of beard, the spilth of six years' filth. That was a siege. Our men were ranged in lines of seventeen deep before the gates, and never left their posts there, even to sleep. Shall I not smite the rash presumption then of foes like these, detested both of all the gods in the Euripides? Else may the marathon play not boast my trophied victories. Ah, now there's but a little space to reach the place. A deadly climb it is, a tricky road with all its bumping load. A pack-ass soon would tire. How those logs bruise my shoulders. Further still, jog up the hill and off the fire inside. Or just as we reach the top, we'll find it's died. Ah, feel I choke with smoke. Lord Heracles, how accurate hot. Out of the pot, this mad dog smoke leaps, worrying me and biting angrily. Tis Lenormian fire that smokes, or else it would not sting my eyelids thus. Haste, all of us, if Athens invokes our aid. Lackeys, now or never the salt must be made. Ah, phew, I choke with the smoke. Thank to the gods, the fire peeps up and crackles as it should. Now why not first slide off our backs these weary loads of wood, and dip a vine branch in the brazier till it glows, then straight hurl it at a battering ram against the stubborn gate? If they refuse to draw the bolts in immediate compliance, We'll set a fire to the wood, and the smoke will strangle their defiance. Phew, what a spluttering drench of smoke. Come now from off my back. Is there no Samos general to help me to unpack? Ah, there, that's over. For the last time now has galled my shoulder. Flare up thine embers, brazen and dutifully smolder, to kindle a brand that I the first may strike the citadel. Aid me, lady, the victory that at the triumph trophy may tell how we did anciently this insane audacity quell. What's that rising yonder? That ruddy glare, that smoky scurry? Oh, is it something in a blaze? Quick, 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 my comrades, comrades hurry! Nicodike, Helter Skelter, or poor Calique's in flames, and Cradalus stifled in the welter. Oh, these dreadful old men and their dark laws of hate. There, I'm all of a tremble lest I turn out to be too late. I can scarcely get near to the spring that I rose before dawn. What with tattling of tongues and rattling of pitchers and one jostling din, with slaves pushing in, still here at last the water's drawn, and with an eagerly I run, to help those of my friends who stand in danger of being burned alive. For I am told a trembling band, great beers hobbled into the field, great faggots in each pausing hand, as if a hot bath to prepare, and threatening that soon will drive, 
These wicked women soon leave the shrine into ashes there. O goddess, suffer not, I pray, this harsh deed to be done. But show us Greece and Athens with their warlike acts repealed. For this alone in this I hold, thou goddess with the helm of gold. We lay hands on thy sanctuary, a thing then our ally be. And where they cast our fires of slaughter, direct our water. Let me go! You villainous old man, what was this you do? No honest man, no pious man could do such things to you. Ah, here is something most original, I have no doubt. A swarm of women's sentinels to man the walls without. So then we scare you, do we? Do you see my fearful host? You only see the smallest fraction mustered at this post. Oh, fainters, shall we not stop to all these chattering tricks? Suppose that now upon their backs we splintered these our sticks. Let us lay down the pitcher so our bodies will be free. In case these zombie fellows try to cause some injury. Oh, hit them hard and hit them again and hit them until they run away. And perhaps they'll learn, like Bopolis, not to have too much to say. Come, Come on, then, do it. I won't budge, but look at dog, I'll bite it. And every little scrap of meat that dangles in my sight. Be quiet, or I'll bash you out of many years to come. Now you just touch straddleless with the top joint of your thumb. What with vengeance can you take if with my fists your face I beat? I'll rip you with my teeth and strew your entrails at your feet. Now, I appreciate Euripides' strange subtlety. Woman is the most shameless beast of all the beasts that be. Euripides, come and let's pick up our water jars once more. Ah, cursed drab, what have you brought this water for? What is your fire for then? Smelly corpse, yourself to burn. To build a pyre and make your comrades ready for the urn. And I will order to put out your fire immediately. What? You put out my fire? Yes, sir. As soon as you will see. I don't know why I hesitate to roast you with this flame. If you have it in soap, you'll go off cleaner than you came. Cleaner, you dirty slut. Another natural bath in which to lie. Did you hear that insolence? I'm a free woman, I. I'll make you hold your tongue. Henceforth, you'll serve in no more juries. Burn off her hair for me. Now forward, water quenched their furies. Oh dear, oh dear. So, was it hot? Hot? Enough, oh hold. Water, perhaps you'll move again. Why not? I'm wriggled up from shivering with cold. Next time you fire, you'll warm yourself and leave us to our lot. Magistrate enters with attendant, Scythians.
of the luxurious rights of the women glittered their libertine show. Their drumming tapped out crowds. The Zabazian mysteries summoned their mob. Donis being wept to death on the terraces, as I could hear the last day in the assembly. For Demostratus, that bad luck befouled him, was roaring, We must sail for Sicily, while a woman, throwing herself about in a dance lopsided with drink, was shrilling out, Adonis! Woe for Adonis! Then Demostratus shouted, We must levy hoplites at Zacynthus, and there the women, up to the ears in wine, was screaming, Weep for Adonis on the housetop. The scoundrelly politician, that lunatic ox, bellowing bad advice through topsy shrieks. Such are the follies wantoning in them. Oh, oh if you, you knew their full effrontery, all, all the insults they've done, besides sousing us with water from their pots to our public disgrace. For we stand here wringing our clothes like grown-up infants by Poseidon, justly done. For in part with us the blame must lie for dissolute behavior, and for the pampered appetites they learn. Thus grows the seedling lust to blossoming. We go into a shop and say, Here, goldsmith, you remember the necklace that you wrought my wife? Well, the other night, in fervor of a dance, her clasp broke open. Now I am off for Salamis. If you've the leisure, would you go tonight and stick a bolt pin into her opened clasp? Another goes to a cobbler, a soldierly fellow, always standing up erect, and says to him, Cobbler, the sandal stop of my wife's pinches her, hurts her little toe in a place where she's sensitive. Come at noon and see if you can stretch out wider this thing that troubles her, loosen its tightness. And so you view the result. Observe my case. I, a magistrate, come here to draw money to buy oar blades, and what happens? The women slam the door full in my face, but standing still is no use. Bring me a crowbar and I'll chastise this, their impertinence. What do you keep at, wretch, with dazzled eyes? Peering for a tavern, I suppose. Come, force the gates with crowbars, prize them apart. I'll prize away myself, too. The sistrata appears. Stop this banging. I'm coming of my own accord. Why bars? It is not bars we need, but common sense. Indeed, you slut. Where is the archer now? Arrest this woman. Tie her hands behind her. If he brushes me with a finger by Artemis, the public menial, he'll be sorry for it. Are you afraid? Grab her about the middle, two of you, then. Lay hands on her and end it. By Pendrasus' eye, if your hand touches her, I'll spread you out and trample on your guts. My guts? Where is the other archer gone? Bind that minx there who talks so prettily. By Prosper, if your hand moves out her way, you better have a search in somewhere handy. You too? Where is that archer? Take that woman. I'll put a stop to these surprise parties. By the Tauric Artemis, one inch nearer my fingers, and it's a bald man that'll be yelling. Tut, tut, what's here? Deserted by my archers? But surely women never can defeat us. Close up your ranks, my Scythians. Forward at them! By the goddesses, you'll find that here await you four companies of most pugnacious women, armed capapai from the topmost lowering curl to the lowest angry dipple. On, Scythians, bind them! On, gallant allies of our high design, vendors of grain eggs, pulse and vegetables, ye garlic tavern keepers of bakeries, strike, batter, knock, hit, slap, and scratch our foes. Be finally imprudent. Say what you think of them. Enough. Retire and do not rob the dead. How 
beastly did my outer force come off. Aha, you thought it was a herd of slaves you had to tackle, and you didn't guess the thirst for glory ardent in our blood. By Apollo, I know well the thirst that heats you, especially when a wineskin's close. You waste With your breath, dear magistrate, I fear in answering back. What's the good of arguing with such a rampageous pack? Remember how they washed us down, these very clothes I wore, with water that looked nasty and that smelt so even more. What else to do since you advance too dangerously nigh? If you should do the same again, I'll punch you in the eye. Though I must stay at home and most a quiet life enjoy, polite to all and every corner naturally coy. Still, if you play a wasp's nest, then of wasps you must beware. How may this ferocity be tamed? It grows too great to bear. Let us question them and find if they'll perchance declare the reason why they strangely dare to seize on Cranamal's citadel, this ivory inaccessible, this shrine above the precipice, the Acropolis. Probe them and find what they mean with this idle talk. Listen, but watch they don't try to deceive. You'll be neglecting your duty most certainly if now this mystery unknown you leave. Women there, tell what I ask you directly. Come without rambling, I wish you to state what's your rebellious intention in barring up thus on our noses our own temple gate. To take first the treasury out of your management and so stop the war through the absence of gold. Is gold, then, the cause of the war? Yes, gold caused it and miseries more, too many to be told. T'was for money, and money alone, that Pisander, with all of the army of mob agitators, raised up revolutions. But as for the future, it won't be worthwhile to set up to be traitors. Not an owl they'll get as their loot. Not an owl. While we have this treasure chest in our command. What, then, is that you propose? Just this, merely to take the exchequer henceforth in hand. The exchequer? Yes, why not? Of our capabilities, you have had various clear evidences. Firstly, remember, we have always administered soundly the budget of all home expenses. But this matter's different. How is it different? Why, it deals chiefly with wartime supplies. But we abolish war straight by our policy. What will you do if emergencies arise? Face them our own way. What? You will? Yes, we will. Then there's no help for it. We're all destroyed. No, willy-nilly, you must be safeguarded. What madness is this? Why, it seems you're annoyed. It must be done, that's all. Such awful oppression never, oh, never in the past yet, my bore. You must be saved, sir. There's all there is to it. If we don't want to be saved? All the more. Why do you women come prying and meddling in matters of state, touching war, time, and peace? That I will tell you. Oh, tell me quickly, or I'll... Work in a while, and from threatening cease. I cannot! I cannot! It's growing too insolent. Come, come on, on you, you fine woman, do we have to dread? Stop from your croaking old carrion crow there. Continue. Become, then, and I'll go ahead. All the long years when the hopeless war dragged along, we, unassuming, forgotten and quiet, 
Endured without question, endured in our loneliness, all your incessant child's antics and riots. Our lips we kept tied, though acting with silence, though well all the while in our silence we knew how wretchedly everything still was progressing by listening dumbly the day long to you. For always at home you continued discussing the war and its politics loudly, and we sometimes would ask you, our hearts deep with sorrowing, though we spoke lightly, though happy to see. What's to be inscribed on the side of the treaty stone? What, dear, was said in the assembly today? Mind your own business, he'd answer me growly. Hold your tongue, woman, or else go away. And so I would hold it. I'd not, not be silent, silent for any man living on earth. No, not I. Not for a staff. Well, so I did nothing but sit in the house, feeling dreary and sigh. Will ever arrive some fresh tale of decisions more foolish by far and presaging disaster. Then I would say to him, Oh, dear husband, why still do they rush on destruction the faster? At which he would look at me sideways, exclaiming, Keep for your web and your shuttle your care. Or for some hours hence your cheeks will be sore and hot. Leave us alone, for war is man's sole affair. By Zeus, but a man of fine sense he. How sensible, you dotard, because he at no time had lent his intractable ears to absorb from our counsel one temperate word of advice kindly meant. But when at the last in the streets we heard shouted, everywhere singing the ominous cry, Is there no one to help us, no savior in Athens? And, No, there is no one, came back in reply. At once a convention of all wives through Hellas there was here for a serious purpose was held to determine how husbands might get back to wisdom despite their reluctance in time be compelled. Why then delay any longer? It's settled. For the future you'll take up your old occupation. Now in turn you're to hold tongue as we did, and listen while we show the way to recover the nation. You? Talk to us? Why, you're mad. I'll not stand it. Cease babbling, you fool, till I end, hold your tongue. If I should take orders from one who wears veils, may my neck straightway be deservedly wrung. Oh, if that keeps pestering you, I've a veil here for your hair. I'll fit you out in everything as is only fair. Here's a spindle, that will do. I'll add a wool basket, too. Girdled now, sit humbly at home, munching beans while you card wool and comb. For war now on is the women's affair. Come then, down, pictures all, and now, courageous of heart, and in our comradely venture, each taking her due part. I could dance, 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 and be fresher after. I could dance away numberless sons. To no weariness let my knees bend. Earth I could brave with laughter, having such wonderful girls here to friend. Oh, the daring, the gracious, the beautiful ones, their courage unswerving and witty, will rescue our city. Oh, sprung from the seed of most valiant womb grandmothers, scions of savage and dangerous metals, prepare for the battle all. Gird up your anchors, our waves, wind of sweet victory sounds. O tender heiress and lady of Cyprus, some flush of beauty I pray you devise to flash on our bosoms and, O I, Aphrodite, rosily gleam on our valorous thighs. Joy will rise up its head through the legions boring and all of the far-seared ranks of mad love, bristle the earth to the pillared horizon, 
pointing in vain to the heavens above. I think that perhaps then they'll give us our title, Peacemakers. What do you mean? Please explain. First, we'll not see you now flourishing arms about into the marketplace clang again. No, by the pavilion. Still, I can conjure them as past where the herbs stand or the crockery sold by Korriban's jingling Torsats, fully armored, then noisily round on their promenade strolled. And rightly, that's discipline. They... But what's sillier than to go on an errand of buying a fish carrying along an immense gorgon buckler instead of the usual platter or dish? A phylark I lately saw, mounted on a horseback, dressed for the part with long ringlets and all. Stone his helmet, the oblet, omelet brought steaming from an old woman who kept a food stall. Nearby, a soldier, a Thracian, was shaking wildly his spear like Tyrius in the play to frighten a fig girl while unseen the ruffian filched from her fruit trays the ripest away. How, may I ask, will your rule reestablish order and justice in lands so tormented? Nothing is easier. Out with it speedily. What is this plan that you boast you've invented? If, when yarn we are winding, it chances to tangle, then, as perchance you may know, through the skein, this way and that, still the spool we keep passing till it is finally clear all again. So to untangle the war and its errors, ambassadors out on all sides we will send, this way and that, here, there, and round about, soon you will find that the war has an end. So... With these trivial tricks of the household, domestic analogies of threads, skeins, and spools, you think that you'll solve such a bitter complexity, unwind such political problems, you fools? Well, first, as we wash dirty wool so as to cleanse it, so with a pitiless zeal we'll scrub through the whole city for all greasy fellows, furs too, the parasites, off we will rub. That venomous plague of incessant place-seekers soon between thumb and forefinger will crack. All who inside Athens' walls will have their dwelling in one great common basket will pack. Disenfranchised are citizens, allies or aliens, pell-mell the lot of them, and we will squeeze. Till they discover humanity's meaning, as for disjointed and far colonies, them you must never from this time imagine as scattered about just like lost hanks of wool. Each portion will take and wide into the center, inward to Athens, Athens, each loyalty pull, till from the vast heap where all's piled together at last can be woven a strong cloak of state. How terrible it is to stand here and watch them carding and winding at will with our fate, witless in war as they are. What of us, then, who ever in vain for our children must weep, born but to perish afar and in vain? Not that. Oh, let that one memory sleep. Then while we should be company still merrily, happy as brides may, the live-long night, kissing youth by, we are forced to lie single, but leave for a moment our pitiful plight. It hurts even more to behold the poor maiden's helpless wrinkling in staler virginity. Does not a man age? Not in the same way. Not as a woman grows withered, grows he. He, when returned from the war, though gray-haired, yet, if he wishes, can choose out a wife. But she has no solid safe peering for omens, wretched and lonely, the rest of her life. But the old man will often select... Oh, why not finish and die? A buyer's easy to buy. A honey cake I'll need you with joy. This garland will see your debt. I'll a wreath for you, too. I also will fillet you. 
What more is lacking? Step aboard the boat. See, Karen shouts ahoy. If you're keeping him, he wants to shove a plough. Outrageous insults. Thus my place to flout. Now to my fellow magistrates I'll go, and what you've perpetrated on me show. What are you blaming us for laying you out? Assure yourself we'll not forget to take the third day offering early for your sake. Magistrate retires. Lysistrata returns within. All men who call your loins your own, awake at last, arise and strip to stand in readiness. For as it seems to me, some more perilous offensive in their heads than they now devise. I'm sure of tyranny. Like that, that of hideous, in this I detect, they need to put asunder themselves, I suspect, that the Laconians assembling at his house have played a trick to war and provoked them madly to raid the treasury, in which term I include the pay for my food. For is it not preposterous they should talk this way to us on a subject such as battle? And, and women, as they are, about bronze bucklers dare prattle. They make alliance with the Spartans, people I, for one, like very hungry wolves, but always most sincere shun. Some dirty game is up their sleeve, I believe. A tyranny, no doubt, but they won't catch me, that I know. Henceforth on my guard I'll go, a sword with myrtle branches breathe forever in my hand, and under arms in the public's base I'll take my watchful stand, shoulder to shoulder with theirs to Gotham. Now my staff I'll draw, and start at once by knocking that shocking hag upon the jaw. Your own mother will not know you when you get back to the town. But first, my friends and allies, let us leave these garments down. And all ye fellow citizens, hark to me while I tell. And for what ye have been well, just as is right, for I have been a sharer in all of the splendor of the city. I bore the holy vessels at seven, then I pounded barley at the age of ten, and clad in yellow robes soon after this, I was a little bear to Baronian Artemis, then necked up with figs, grown tall and pretty, I was a basket bearer, and so sorry as I should give you advice that I think good, the very best I can. I should not prejudice my voice, that I am not a horrible man. If I say something advantageous to the present situation, for I am taxed too, and as a will provide men for the nation, while miserable graveyards, you, it is true, contribute nothing of any importance, whatever to our needs, but the treasure raised against the means, you squandered and do nothing in return, Save that you make our lives and persons hazardous by some imbecile mistakes. What would you answer? Now be careful. Don't arouse my spite. Over this world, take you napping. Faces slapping left and right. What villainies they contrive! Come, let vengeance fall. You that below the waste are still alive. Off with your tunics at my call, naked all. 
From man must strip to battle like a man. No quaking, brave steps taking, careless what's ahead. White shoes in the nude, onward bold. All you garrisoned like Sidron of old. Let each one wag as youthful as he can. And if he has the cause at heart, rise at least a span. We must take a standing, keep to it. For if we yield the smallest bit to their importunity, then nowhere from their inroads will be left to us immunity. But they'll be building ships, and soon their navies will attack us, as Artemisia did, and seek to fight us and as to sack us. And if they mount the night, they'll rob of a job. For everyone knows how talented they all are in this saddle. Having long practice how to straddle, no matter how their jogs are up and down, they're never thrown. Then think of Miron's paintings, and each horse backed Amazon, in combat hand to hand with men. Come on these women's fall, and in pierced wood collars let stick quick the necks of one and all. Don't cross me or I'll lose the peace that's coming here. And as soon as you howl out in truce, howl with fear. But my dear, strip also that women may battle unhindered. But to you, you'll be too sore to eat garlic more. Or will I black bean? I really mean, so grace my spleen to keep you black and blue. With these my dangerous legs. I'll hash the law of you, if my rage you dash on, the way the relentless beetle hash the eagle's eggs. Scornfully aside I set every silly old man threat, while I keep those with me, O oh, dearest Menya, the noble Theban girl, then let decree my hotly piled upon decree, in vain will be your labors. You futile world abominated by your suffering neighbor. To hecate peace by yesterday went. All I sent to our neighbors in Boeotia, asking as a gift to me for them to pack immediately that darling dainty thing, a good fat eel and mint, of course. They refused because some idiotic gold decrees in force. Oh, this strange passion for decrees nothing on earth can check. Till someone's up the foot of tripping you and slipping you right to your neck. The sister enters in dismay. Dear mistress of our martial enterprise, why do you come so sorrow in your eyes? Oh, tis our naughty femininity so weak in one spot that hath saddened me. What's this? Please speak. Poor women, oh, so weak. What well, can it be? Surely your friends may know. Yea, I must speak it, though it hurt me so. Speak, speak can you help? Don't stand there mute in need. I'll blurt it out then. Our women's armies mutinied. Oh, oh Zeus! What use is Zeus to our anatomy? Here's the gaping calamity I meant. I cannot shut their ravenous appetites a moment more now. They're all deserting. The first I caught was sidling through the postern, close by the cave of pain. The next hoisting herself with rope and pulley down. A third on the point of slipping past, 
while a fourth malcontent, seated for an instant flight to visit Orsilicus on birdback, I dragged off by the hair in time. But they are all snatching excuses to sneak home. Look, there goes one. Hey, what's the hurry? I must get home. I've some Malaysian wool packed wasting away, and moths are pushing through it. Fine moths indeed, I know. Get back within. By the goddesses, I'll return instantly. I only want to stretch it on my bed. You shall stretch nothing and go nowhere either. Must I never use my wool, then? If needs be. How unfortunate I am for my poor flax that's left at home unstripped. Oh, here's another that wishes to go home and strip her flax. Inside again. No, by the goddess of light, I'll be back as soon as I have flayed it properly. You'll not flay anything. For if you begin, there'll not be one hue who has but a patch to be flayed. Oh, holy Alithia, stay this birth till I have left the precincts of the place. What nonsense is this? I'll drop it any minute. Yesterday you weren't with child. But I am today. Oh, let me find a midwife. Lysistrata, oh, quickly. Now what story is this you tell? What is this hard lump here? It's a male child. By Aphrodite, it isn't. Your belly's hollow, and it is a feel of metal. Well, as you can see, you hussy is Athene's sacred helm, and you said you were with child. And so I am. Then why the helm? So what the throws should take me still in these grounds, I could use it like a dove as a laying nest in which to drop the child. More <laughs> pretexts. You can't hide your clear intent. And anyway, why not wait till the tenth day meditating a brazen name for your brass brat? And I can't sleep a wink. My nerve is gone since I saw that snake sentinel of the shrine. And all of those dreadful owls with their weird hooting. Though I'm worried out, I can't close an eye. You wicked women, cease from juggling lies. You want your men, but one of them as well. They toss us sleepless in the lonely night, I'm sure of it. Hold out a while, hold out, but persevere a teeny weeny longer. An oracle has promised victory if we don't wrangle. Would you hear the words? Yes, yes, yes. 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 What, what is, is it? it? Silence then, you chatterboxes. Here. When as the swallows flocking in one place from the hobos deny themselves love's gambles any more, all woes shall then have ending, and great Zeus the Thunderer shall put above what was below before. Will the wind always be kept under us? But if the swallows squabble among themselves and fly away out of the temple, refusing to agree, then the most wanton birds all over the world shall be named forever. That's his decree. It's obvious what it means. End of part one.